0: Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Chat With Matt. On today's episode, we had Luki Jackson. This is honestly my favorite interview. Lucky opened up about his mental health, his challenges that he's faced from childhood with his parents, shared some funny stories, and his rise to the Olympics and boxing. This guy, honestly, I don't know someone who's more mentally tough than this guy. He's um he's been through a lot. He started boxing at 18, worked his way, captained the Olympic team, the Australian Olymp- Olympic team, worked his way up to a world title. He's still grinding. He's still young. He's still got plenty to offer. Guys, please listen to this one. You're going to love it. And please leave me a five-star rating and review on Apple iTunes if you haven't already. Subscribe to the podcast. And if you'd like to understand how to diet after the diet, get my free ebook, The Move With Matt System. A lot of people think that we can just cut weight, live in a calorie deficit. I'll teach you the step-by-step 12-week system that I've done for free. It's 31 pages. I'll put a lot into this book, guys. Please download it. Please read it. And honestly, you'll never die it again. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the show. Lukey, brother, thanks for joining me, man. My pleasure, brother. Thanks for having me. Now, Luke Jackson is Aussie champion. He's a former Olympian, mate. One of the most humblest blokes you'll fucking meet. Honestly,
1: uh, thank you, brother. Thank you so much. You're you're uh, you're one of the best too, brother. I met you when I moved to Sydney, and and uh, you, you've supported me um, from the from the get go, brother. So I really appreciate everything you've done for me. Not only as a as you know a friend, but you know you've 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 always sort of checked up on me outside of you know training and. In my fights in it, so I do appreciate it, brother.
0: Nah, it's a pleasure, bro. It's uh, it's amazing seeing your journey, bro, and your work epic man. Like um, I like to think I work hard, bro, but then i I see you grinding, and honestly, man, it excites me, bro. I love seeing well, that shit,
1: man. Hundred percent, brother. Like you know, like when all this COVID went down, like you know, everyone was worried about what's going on, and you was one of the first guys that messaged me and said, you get on to this fucking online training. This is what you're good at. This is your market, and I was to be honest with you, but I was like, oh, I don't know, like I don't know. And then, like now, I took I took your advice, and I'm doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday uh, uh, online Zoom classes, and they're just packed, bro. And um, and now I'm training guys from the UK, Philadelphia. <laughs> Fuck, it's out of it's out of control. Fuck, it's right. Out of control. So, <laughs> I appreciate that, bro.
0: Nah, bro, you got a gift, man. Because when I met up with you at that time, and you took me through. A session, man. I'm like, yeah. you've got that drive, bro. Like, you know how to connect with a client, man. That's a gift, bro. And it's yeah. hard.
1: It's, um, you know, it's, it's, and it's real. You know what I mean? Like, it's real. It's what I love to do. So, um, it's, it's easy, brother. It's, a, it's, a, I've, I've got the best job in the world, man, working with great people. And, you know, today I had the Zoom class this morning and then another Zoom class, a guy from Philadelphia. Then, then I fucking worked at the park from, I think it was 10 o'clock to to 4.30 up at the park. I forgot to take my hat, got sunburned, then I come back and then I had uh, a little coffee, then I just finished training a heap of clients then, shoot back here, do this podcast for you, then I'll uh, fit in a a nice little run and then uh, have a share and call it a night.
0: Fuck, you deserve the success, bro, if you're willing to work that hard. But, Lukey, bro, take us back. What was Lukey Jackson like at 14 years old, man?
1: But look, Luke, Luke Jackson as a kid was, was lost, man. He was, um he was very lost. He, he didn't have any direction or structure or, um you know, I love my parents very much, but neither of them were there for me when I was a kid. You know, I lived by myself from, you know, from, from a young age, I remember getting put in, in and out of care as a kid. And then, um and then uh, finally my dad took full custody of me. um And then, he was always at his new new partner's house, his, his, his beautiful wife, Tracy. So, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's, you know, and I was living by myself from a young age, maybe 12 or 13, living by myself. And I used to have a lot of issues, man, that now make sense. But back then, I just didn't know what it was. Like, and uh, I used to smoke a lot of weed. I was heavy into weed at such a young age, smoking cigarettes and drinking and stealing and stealing cars, stealing fucking. I used to go into like DVD shops and like video easy and that and walk out of a backpack full of DVDs. Like the alarms would go off and I wouldn't give a fuck, bro. I, I remember once I walked into like a sports shop and put two cricket bats down my, down my pants. And I was <laughs> walking out fucking limp and, like, I had no fear, but like, I uh, thought I, was, I, I had no fear because I didn't care about anything and, uh, or anyone because I felt like no one cared about me. So um, I just didn't give a fuck. I was just—I uh, was stealing money. I was stealing um, stealing things to, to sell to buy to buy drugs. But as a kid, that's, that was my life.
0: Yeah, and what do you what do you put it down to? Obviously, your your upbringing too. But what kind of people are you hanging around too, man?
1: Look, um, obviously. Because you're from Tassie.
0: Uh, Luke is from Tasmania. Yeah. Rough area, was it?
1: Yeah, place called Clarenceville. Look it up. It's fucking look. Yeah, it's not real good, man. Um, so I was I was brought up there and, you know, may he rest in peace. One of my best mates that I hung around with every day, he got he got stabbed and killed outside his um outside his nan's house where we used to we used to stay all the time. I remember getting my head cracked open with a shifter one night and uh and his nan was cleaning my head in, in, in the kitchen sink. So um, you know, years later when I pulled my shit out of the hole I was in, uh, he unfortunately got stabbed and killed outside fucking his nun's house so it's 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 fucking heartbreaking for him and his family and 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 me and the memories that we had together so it's just yeah it was a fucking crazy crazy ride man
0: it was real bro eh? so man, what about
1: school bro how'd you go to school man uh i dropped out at the end of grade seven so i finished grade seven um from you know kindergarten to grade seven i was probably the perfect student you know i, I remember getting my pen license one of the first you know, quick, and uh, I, was very, yeah. I got my fucking pen license. I was pretty pretty rough with that. Um, that's that's all I pretty much remember, brother. Uh, and then drugs took over my life, and I dropped out of school in grade eight.
0: Yeah, and then so how did you get into boxing, bro? You started boxing at eighteen. That kind of changed everything, didn't
1: it? Yeah, because like like I didn't have any structure as a kid, and I or attention or anything. And I've been asked this this question many times of why I started boxing and like I think like I remember like looking at people and like thinking like they're getting a lot of attention and like a couple of my mates not even mates but people I knew was getting a lot of recognition like oh that's Chris Polly, that's Nathan Polly they're they're like sort of boxers around Tasmania, they're fucking you know you see them walk the street, everyone paid respects to them and I sort of wanted something you know whether it be that or attention or something, something I wasn't getting. So um, maybe if something else had a popped up, I would have went with that. But boxing, you know, I, I got to know Chris and Nathan, and then I went along and started boxing, and then the rest, the rest took off. I was I picked it up really quickly, you know, because I used to fight a lot as a kid, you know, in the streets and at school. I was always fucking fighting, and uh, um, you know, and I was always watching movies when I was a kid, like Bruce Lee and. You know, Jean-Claude Van Damme and Steven Segal and all this stuff. And Chuck Norris, I used to – because I used to spend a lot of time by myself at home, you know. Like, so I used to – I used to pretend I was fighting fucking 20 men all the time, you know. Like, um, fucking crazy, man. And that's how it happened. And one night I remember coming home. It was off my fucking head. Um, and I come home and um, I walked in. I was drunk. Um, I stopped doing weed in 2000, so I haven't done weed for 20 years. Um, I stopped yeah. doing weed in 2000, it's a funny story, I'll get to that in a minute, but um, I come home one night and um, I was drunk and I turned the TV on and it was 2002 Commonwealth Games in Manchester and Jamie Pittman was fighting. And I'm looking at it thinking, fuck, this is cool, man. I'd never even picked up a set of boxing gloves. My life, and then four years later, I was representing Australia and won a bronze medal in Melbourne at the Commonwealth Games. Like, that was me coming home one night off my head drunk, and then, um, and then that you know, it's fucking madness.
0: It's crazy, bro. How
1: obsession, eh? When you're obsessed took, with something, but it took off for me really quickly, brother. And once I, um, once I'd done that, and then I fucked the drink off, and I'd already fucked the drugs off in 2000, because I come to I come, my mum flew me up to Manly, my, my auntie that lives there, my mum, may made, made she fucking, uh, you know, God bless her soul, but she brought me an ounce of weed, all right? And uh, I was sitting there, but still got the picture. It's crazy. I was sitting there like a fucking, thought I was a gangster, had a little billabong hat on, I was like a fucking two-foot-tall, <laughs> fucking bag, an ounce of weed next to me, a bong, scissors. I like, thought I was killing it, like got a photo, like, yeah, I'm killing it. The anyway,
0: Tasmanian Tony Montana.
1: <laughs> yeah, like what the fuck am I doing? Who the fuck does this thing? Going? Anyway, I had a bad. Someone. This is when I realised how strong my, my brain is. I remember running out of the weed over the you know a couple of weeks I was here, and I was in Manly, and I was I seen this guy at a pub, and I was like my mum was at the pub, so I was waiting out the front for her. I wasn't allowed in. I was twelve or fourteen years old, uh, and I seen a guy. I said, oh, do you know where I can get some weed from?" Anyway, he led me down an alleyway, and I brought some weed off him me and my sister she's 11 months older than me and as i was we got some weed and he could have fucking killed me wouldn't it like i was a kid mate anyway i got the weed and i'm walking back to my auntie's house to smoke it and i just thought something in my head goes what if he's laced it with something yeah and then then uh, i i convinced myself that this guy had laced the weed all right even though he didn't because my sister smoked it and she was fine but I smoked it and I started freaking out thinking something has happened to me. The weed's fucking laced. Yeah. And I panicked, brother. And I was fucking was in a cold sweat all night and ended up in hospital because I was so fucking telling myself something was wrong with me. My dad ringing me from Tassie. I'm saying, Dad, something's wrong with me. Like, they put me in fucking hospital in Sydney. They flew me under Tassie. And then I tried weed two more times after that. And both times I forced myself to think something was wrong with the weed and I panicked. It just, this is when I realized how strong my mind was, because I can make myself believe anything. Um, and and uh, and and from that day, I have never touched marijuana. That was twenty years ago. <laughs> well, bro, the fuck, oh, the power of belief, eh? Fucking power of belief, brother. Twenty years ago, I, I promised myself. I remember taking it this last time when I walked home. I was so scared, and I said, "I said I'm never touching that ever again, ever." And I never did. Never touched it again. Yeah,
0: crazy man, and and you need it, bro. Because I remember, I remember seeing uh 'cause because you used to put out a lot of content, even your documentary, bro. That was crazy, man. Um, yeah. How you said you had that Olympic goal, bro? And you go, you obsessed with your training in your garage at home.
1: Yeah. I um, you know, I, I worked extremely hard to make to make that. I missed out four years earlier, uh, and then made it again because like I um. I was red-hot favourite to win, and then I, I beat a guy named Paul Fleming like three times, and I only had to beat him one more time I was going to Olympic Games, and this time in Samoa, I couldn't sleep. I rocked up there, and I just couldn't sleep, and then once I said I couldn't sleep, I made myself think that I couldn't sleep. Like, it was once again, like, my, my mind, and then Take I couldn't over. sleep. I was there for, like, 10 days. I reckon I slept seven hours, and I got in the ring. I was a, a shadow of myself, and, um, you know, I fucking... I lost by two points and my life was over. I remember flying home on a plane going, I want the plane to crash in the ocean and kill everyone and myself. Like, I was, it was that bad. Like I was thinking crazy shit. But I used to suffer all the time. I used to take, like, real deep breaths and a lot of things. Like, crazy, man. Like, I could sit here all night telling you the shit that's been going through my head since a young age. But anyway, long story short, I went to the doctor when I come home and I said, look, if, I thought it was the pressure of making the Olympics. And then when I missed out, I was still having these bad thoughts and couldn't breathe properly. And, and I said to the doctor, I said, if you don't do something, I can, I, something bad's going to happen because I can't live like this. Anyway, they said that I probably, possibly had some anxiety, so they put me on um, Arapax. And I was on this for about three, three years, brother. Like, three or four years. No, maybe five years I was on this, 10 milligrams of Arapax. And it sort of helped on and off. Anyway, um, long story short, I, I'd done everything right and I made the Olympics. I, I fucking beat everyone. and um, I remember having a, the girlfriend at the time. We The trials were in, um, in Canberra and I said, right, we're going to fly her up. And we're going to do a rehearsal of how it's going to go. So she's going to fly up and we're going to stay in this room at the AOS and I'm going to prepare how I'm going to prepare in two weeks' time for the fight. And everything's going to be like clockwork. So I prepared and you know, she'd come up. I sparred three days that weekend, and you know, rehearsed the fight. And then the two weeks later, she comes up, and I said, "Right, I need that room." They said, "Nah, it's booked down." I said, "No, nah, I need that. I need that room." And they're like, "No, you can't have it. It's booked out." And I said, "Look, you probably don't understand how important this is. I need this room because I've done this like this, and I need it." And explained it. Anyway, I got the room, and end up getting the real I've got the room, and I got a stomach bug. Um, I had a bit. of a cold and I took antibiotics and I got uh, a stomach bug from this so I was shitting blood all weekend shit and it, yeah bad anyway I end up winning three fights uh, and qualifying for the London Olympics and then I never told anyone about my struggles or anything and then, when I come out of the ring, a media guy from ABC or something goes, Oh, what's it? What, you know, what have you had to do to make the Olympics? Like the journey. And it just come out. Like I just said, like, Fuck, I'll suffer with anxiety or something because that's what I was told. And then the, it went all around the media and this and that. And, you know, no problem. So, anyway, after the Olympics, I come home and spit out my girlfriend and, um, I went the other way again and started doing the wrong thing and I was just a mess, brother. And then I I, I pretty much was broken. I I fucking, and then my friend, close friend said, look, you gotta go see someone. I went to the doctor and they took me to a uh, psychiatrist. And it turns out that I suffer with severe OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. And this ranges from a lot of things. People think that OCD is touching and cleaning things, which it is. And I had this problem, but also it can fuck with your head, brother. Like I've had really bad um, since a young age. My my mum's two boyfriends that I grew up around, one, both of them killed themselves at, at a young age. So suicide was something big in my life from a young age. So I thought about it a lot, even though I didn't want to do it. But I'd think about it. And now, like even if I was really good in a good headspace, I'd be laying in bed thinking that how I can fucking kill myself. Yeah. Like in, in Google, and how to kill like most um, e- easy way and painless way to kill yourself. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing, bro? Like, what the fuck is going through your head? And then it's kind of subconsciously. Like, talking, yeah, you're not even. Yeah. It wasn't I'm like I'm you're fine. gonna. And then I'm driving in the car, my eyes shut from one light post to the next, and then I'm holding my breath. How so long I can hold my breath for? I'm touching stuff. I'm fucking vacuuming the house before I go every day. Like. I'm touching things. I, I can't run. I've got to run six kilometers. I can't run 6.1. If I run 6.1, I've got to run seven. If I run 7.1, I've got to run eight. Like, wow, I'd, yeah. come, I'd come home and if my dogs were on the back doorstep, I could go inside. But if they weren't, I knew they were at the fence. I'd have to look over the fence and look them in the eyes and or something bad was going to happen to them. Like, brother, I'm like the, the shit. I could tell you all day, some of this, the craziest shit you've ever seen brother, or heard of in my fucking life. Like, like a train, like a train comes and I'm thinking about jumping in front of the fucking thing. I'm like, don't do that. Like forcing myself not to, you know, when you cringe, Yeah. you know, like that cringe is like, oh fuck, don't do it brother. Uh, and then like chicken breasts, like I can't, I can't, fuck, I couldn't cut raw chicken breasts because my body's telling me to pick it up and eat it. Like fucking sick shit, bro. Like anyway, they, they, they put me on meds and I take a hundred milligrams of sertraline a day and Sometimes I take fucking 200 of it if, if things are getting too much, you know, like, and obviously, you know, when I'm, you know, I had a bad breakup, or, you know, not a bad breakup, I shouldn't say that, we just broke up, which I I take everything personal, Bella, so it hurt me a lot, you know, I remember you checking on me, saying how it was, and, and uh, I was bad, bro. I was drinking a lot, and that doesn't work well with OCD or my fucking medication, and, you know, it's, it's been a fucking rough, last year was a rough year for me, Bella, but um, I'm currently right now. I can honestly say I'm the happiest I've ever been, and and um and I'm fucking mentally strong. I haven't had a drink for four months, and uh and I'm fucking training hard. I just done a David Goggins challenge the other day, and and uh, you know the one thing that stayed the same the whole time, mate, is I train every day, no matter what, whether I'm fucking upset, sad, happy, drunk, you know whatever, type I train, whether it be a run, something like after this, I'm exhausted now, but, like, but I'm gonna get up. After this, I'm going to go put my music in and go for a run. Like people, Someone asked me the other day, do I meditate? And I go, no, I don't. But then I'm like, actually, I fucking do. I run. That's my meditation. 100%
0: that's, man. How I
1: med- 100%. that's how I fucking relax from the world. I'm not on my phone. I'm fucking chilling out. I'm in my own space. I'm thoughts. And that's my meditation, brother. So, you know, like I said, brother, I could sit here and fucking go on all day. Some of the shit that goes through my head. And one day... You know, I might fucking try and document it, but there's some fucking crazy shit that goes through my head, but that's why, like, you know, this isolation is no drama for me because I've been isolated my whole life and it has had to deal with a lot of shit in my head. That because no one was around me when I was a kid, no one picked up the fucking strange shit I was doing, But Like, you know, like, you know, like, they had no one knew what, what was going on with me because no one was fucking there, brother. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I've lived by myself since a young age, But like, I... You know, and this is no problem for me. And like training camp, you know, you isolate yourself anyway, even more, don't you? Because you're in training camp, you're not eating much, you can't go out for dinner, you know, you can't fucking socialize with your mates or do anything. So, once again, this is no drama for me, brother. The only thing, you know, that I just, I'm just, you know, I'm just feeling, you know, obviously I feel for everyone that's lost their life and, and people that have lost money and, and businesses and all that, you know, that's, that's what I feel for. But for me, I'm fucking fine, brother. Yeah, no fucking pandemic. Yes. No pandemic can fucking bring my spirits down, brother. <laughs> from 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 September to fucking January this year, I was a fucking uh, a shell of myself, a shell of myself, brother. You wouldn't have got me on this podcast any time between then. I probably wouldn't have barely replied to any of the messages you sent. Like I was a fucking mess, mate. I can't believe how low I let myself go, mate. Like I fucking was a broken, broken man, and I can't believe that I actually. I can come out of it but from the depths of hell to the steps of heaven brother i'm back bro you definitely are man it's crazy i i had no idea because you were still training bro
0: you're still doing your thing yeah,
1: right? I mean. you know yeah, um you know you, you you can fool a lot of people but you can fool a lot of people but you can't fool yourself and I, I tried to fool myself for four months bro i tried to fool myself and i tried to make sure that in my head i'm like everything's all right bro you know like you'll be sweet you can do this and do that and You'd be right, but I couldn't, mate. Like I knew. I knew I was about to break, but and then one day I just woke up, I go, That's it, stop. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. You know, and that's what I've done, but I've fucking turned my life around, you know. I'm I'm doing really well, but I'm I'm in Sydney, I'm you know, I sold after the friend fight I lost, you know, like say, so, brother, we can talk all night like about, you know, the world title fight, you know, but we can do a couple of episodes of it all, you know, like we can come back and do Part two, part three, but like after the Frampton fight, you know, like as Wait, just, know
0: just quickly tell him. So you had a world title fight, Carl Frampton, on an undercard. Yeah,
1: that's what I mean. Like that—that that means nothing to me. Like you know what it means? Like coming out of that fucking hole I was in, brother. You know that's a fight, bro. That's yeah. a fight. You know what I mean, brother? Yeah, yeah. I had a world title fight in Belfast for fucking a three-weight, uh, a three-time world champion, two-weight world champion, soon to be three-weight. I'm the best fighter to ever come out of Ireland. On the Gypsy King's undercard. Yeah, on the Tyson Fury Ford on my undercard. You know, like, got, you know, been traveled the world after that and then come back and sold all my, uh, everything in Tassie, everything I worked my life for, sold it all, moved to Sydney, you know? Like, yeah. I was fucking off. Like, like, what was I doing? But guess what? It worked out for me because I made it happen, brother. I made it happen. I made everything happen myself. No one's ever given me anything, brother. I've worked hard for what I've got and boxing has changed my life and made me the man I am today, and it's it's literally saved my fucking life. And when people say they 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 use that word um, loosely, boxing saved my life. I like, do the fucking homework, and and you know it's 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 done more than saved my life yeah. many times. So you know, like I sold everything in Tassie, moved up here. I had a mad gym down there, as you know, mate. Like you know, and uh, and now I'm in Sydney, but. You know, I'm uh, I'm I'm looking to open up something of my own again here soon. You know, we've had this conversation many times. I remember when I was thinking about moving up here, like I was talking to you, like people like you. I need people like you in my life, mate. You know, like you're a good man, and, and you always go out of your way to help people. And and um, you know, it's guys like myself that I need help like this from people like you, brother. Like, so you need to you need to thank yourself, brother, and I thank you. And I'm sure there's many others that there's there's, there's a few people that that I've got in my life that are like you, brother, and and um, you know, you go to them for, you know, you might not see them every day, you might not talk to them every day, but when you need something and you fucking want some real fucking advice and someone you can trust, you're one of them. You're one of them people for me, brother. So I appreciate you a lot, my man.
0: Thanks, bro. I Appreciate you too, man. And um, man, honestly, it's it's from the heart. Even when I message you, I go, I know, I know what you'll be like, bro, because. You're probably thinking, "Fuck! You must get so many people messaging you." That's why I go, "Bro, take my advice or not." Like you know what I mean when I told you the Zoom thing. Like I'm always coming from a good place because I know know a lot of people aren't.
1: Hundred percent, you are, and you know everything. You know the Zoom, fucking hell, you was right. Because I, you know, I'm a, you know, like I'm like you, but I'm a people person. I like to be around people. People, you know, and I'm thinking, how can I do this from a computer screen? But you can. That's the thing. You can, brother. Zoom trainer works if you work. If you fucking work, you'll get results. As simple as that.
0: A thousand percent. And it's the stories we tell ourselves, man. Like, I, was, right. I had Tony Jeffries. Do you know Tony Jeffries?
1: Yeah, I know Tony Rule.
0: Yeah, so I spoke to him the other week, had him on the podcast, and he was saying, like, a lot of people after, after boxing, there's kind of no end after boxing. And he goes, he always had that business. He was always business savvy. There was always that thing after boxing. Bro, I see that with you, man. Like, Beyond boxing now, you've got that fucking business, thing, bro. You're gonna build an empire, bro.
1: No, we are, brother, and you know, I'm, people like you're gonna help me, brother. And we're gonna help each other. I'm gonna help you. You know, when all this is over, I'll come out to your gym and I'll, I'll run a boxing seminar for you guys, and and we'll get some dinner and we'll just make a fucking night of it. That's 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 the shit I'm into now. You know, like that's what I'm. My vision. I've got a big vision this year, brother, and and and, and moving forward. You know. <laughs> I've got to, you know, fuck the drink I'll fuck that shit off. You know, I'm obsessive, brother. You know what I'm like, brother. You
0: know? Yeah. Can't wait to see it happen, bro.
1: Yeah. All right, Lukey. I think,
0: yeah. Brother, I'll leave you to, I know you got to go and get it done, bro. I don't want to hold you up too much. But um.
1: Bro, let's do part two. Bro. Next, next Friday. Definitely. Next Friday, let's do it, bro. <laughs> I know people will be dying for it, bro. <coughs> bless me um, bless next Friday let's go part two if anyone's got any questions hit, them, hit us up and, uh, and Maddie can answer them, ask me and I'll answer them I'm an open okay. fucking book
0: alright done bro let's do it we'll do it for next Friday sounds good Lukey Lukey just where can yes. people
1: find you what are you doing on zoom okay so I'm doing boxing, boxing uh, on zoom um, hit me up on at Luke Jackson Instagram uh, Luke Jackson Facebook or, or Luke Jackson on Twitter um and hit me up guys don't don't be shy i'll get back to every one of you um eventually and uh if you want to do some boxing hit me up let's fucking go champ let's go
0: let's go lukey bro get those k's in man go rip in
1: i'm about to bang out 10 so i'll send you a picture of it
0: awesome lukey thanks heaps for appreciate it man good to see you all bro you look happy bro honestly it's good to see
1: i'm very happy brother and i um I deserve to be happy. Everyone deserves to be happy. And I just wish everyone well, mate. That's all I I wish.
0: Love it, Lukey.
1: Take care, bro. Have a great night, man. Speak to you soon. Bye, Bye, brother. See you, brother. Do I go end meeting for all, love?